everybody out there. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 26th, and today we are on Exodus 23 as we continue to venture deeper into the Old Testament and into the Bible, parts that we've never explored on this podcast before. So thank you for joining us today, and thank you for being a part of the conversation. Um, if you're listening on the audio version or just joining in, just a reminder to you, we are now doing Facebook Live. So we have other people that have already been a part of the conversation that you might hear us refer to from time to time throughout the podcast. Um, just a reminder to you guys that are watching on Facebook Live, if you would please take a second um, to go down to the bottom left-hand corner of your screen and share the podcast. Um, that is all was very helpful for us to be able to get more people in the conversation. And if you're listening on the pre-recorded audio version that comes out every Tuesday, um, please take a second and just share the podcast, um, share the page, go to our page and like it. Um, and if you would, uh, we're available on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes so far. So if you would go by and give us a like, uh, and then um, also if you want to rate us and review us, all that kind of stuff helps everything that we're doing here. So hopefully you value the podcast that we're putting out. And if you would, uh, please share that so more people can get to know what it is if you think that it is worth listening to. So anyway, um, today, Daniel and I, Pastor Daniel and I, are joined by Pastor Phil Nelson. Hey, everybody. He is back again for his go-round for the month. Um, <laughs> Phil, it's good to have you back, man. How are you Paying doing? Paying my dues. I'm yeah. doing well. I'm doing I'm doing really well. Paying your yeah. dues. We Contract, appreciate it because you're the boss and you can just say, I don't want to do it. So. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I look forward to this every month. Good. Well, yeah. thanks, man. We look forward to having you on, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, as I said, we are in Exodus 23 today. Um, and... Uh, so we'll just go ahead and get into it. Daniel, if you we want to go ahead recap. and give us context for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah, because I know that we're getting into a lot of the commandments, the rules, the laws, yes. and we're kind of missing that gap from the last podcast that we did about how that came about and what's happening right now. So if you would please fill in the gap, get us ready to go. We'd yeah, sure. So Israel is right now in the Sinai Peninsula. They're kind of not really wandering yet in the wilderness, but God has kind of had them stop at Mount Sinai. Now this is uh, significant because this is also the place where... Um, God revealed uh, God revealed Himself to Moses in the burning bush, same mountain, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, this is where they were originally intended to go to come and worship. So this is the destiny; they've reached the destination to come and worship, mm. and so God has now revealed Himself on the mountain. It's kind of a terrifying experience uh, for the Israelites. There's thoughts of just thunder, lightning, fire, uh, all kind of stuff. Mountains shaking. Uh, there's this kind of ring that they've placed around the mountain that says, if anybody goes up here. Like they'll the one like stone them. No animals can go up there. And God uses a weird re- reference where He says like, if you kind of break the barrier, that His holiness will kind of come out, and it will almost be like a cons- like consume. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the mountain is almost like this kind of protective place where God is able to still kind of be close to his people and Moses is going to kind of mediate through this whole thing. Um, Israel doesn't do a very good job of uh, following God, even though he's so close in proximity. We'll find out that a little bit later. But what God is now doing is Israel has committed to the covenant. So the covenant is a relationship, right? And so God is saying, this is the relationship that I'm going to have with you and you're going to have with me. And here's the terms of the relationship. So that's what the kind of covenant and the commandments are. And so the commandments start in Genesis or in Genesis in Exodus 20, when, um, when the people respond by saying that they are willing to commit to this covenant. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of God says, Hey, here's the covenant. And they said, yes, we want to, we want to be you to be our God. We will be your people kind of thing. And so then the uh, commands start coming out. And so this is where we start getting a lot of the laws and it's kind of can be very confusing 
there's a lot of different sections in the laws. Um, there's social justice, there's moral laws, there's cultural laws. Um, the cultural laws are pretty significant because of the um, pervasive and really terrible culture around them in the Canaanites. And uh-huh. so there was uh, some laws that seem really arbitrary, and we'll get into one today. Um, <laughs> and uh, But it is very uh, it's specific in to not assimilate with the culture around them because not only was the Canaanite culture pagan, it was also uh, really wicked, um, uh, very... Uh, uh, had no semblance of social justice. I mean, God is creating a nation here, and he's showing, he's trying to show the world how he designed us to live. And so that's why there is a lot of emphasis on social justice, on cultural uh, things that are culturally normal, things that shouldn't be culturally normal, because right now, up to this point, humanity has really been able to decide how they rule and reign on the earth, and it hasn't been going super well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, God is distinguishing the Israelites as this unique culture to show uh, what he's designed us for, and then he's going to bless them. So he wants the, He wants to be, them to be a representative to the entire world. And as they follow these commands, he's going to bless through them, but it also comes with a uh, another side to it, if they don't do this, then he is going to curse them. He's going to put so much on them because I think it's it's a high leverage situation, right? Like his blessings are great, but if they're supposed to be God's representative to humanity, if they don't, if they just kind of assimilate and do whatever, then there's some punishment involved with that. Yeah, which makes sense because um, they up to this point haven't necessarily made a covenant with him, so there isn't a contract that they need to hold up their end of the deal on as well. I mean, not to put it that, that simple, but, no, but I mean, that's, that's why that's that how, comes about. That's how like uh, social justice existed. It existed through relationships. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't like governments and there wasn't laws. I mean, there was some laws, but there wasn't really a lot of things that kind of say, here's the, here's the laws of the land kind of stuff that we have today. Yeah. Um, and so uh, God was kind of, he said, you know, it was all based on relationships. And we see that the first covenant was instituted with Abraham, Abraham mm-hmm. and God in Genesis 15. And so uh, that was a, a, that was a covenant with a man and a family. And now he's making a covenant with a nation. And yeah. so, um, there's a lot more specifics to it. It's a lot more about like how we they conduct themselves as a people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Daniel. Um, so we will go ahead and get into today's scripture reading. Once again, it is Exodus 23 from the Dwell app. Uh, we once again just want to push the Dwell app and say thank you so much to that company for letting us use the app for these purposes. Um, we reached out to them and they were gracious enough to say, yeah, please use use our app and let it, let it help. So um, anyway, we will go ahead and get into Exodus 23 from the Dwell app and we will be right back. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit, siding with the many so as to pervert justice. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. You shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit. Keep far from a false charge and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked." And you shall take no bribe, 
for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. You shall not oppress a sojourner. You know the heart of a sojourner, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. For six years you shall sow your land and gather in its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed. Pay attention to all that I have said to you, and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. As I commanded you, you shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty-handed. You shall keep the feast of harvest, of the first fruits of your labor, of what you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor. Three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened. All at the fat of my feast remain until the morning. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I blot them out, you shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do as they do, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from among you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you and will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, 
and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you, until you have increased and possessed the land, and I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the wilderness to the Euphrates, for I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. All right, and that is our reading from Exodus 23 today. Do you guys have something that you specifically want to get into today right away? <laughs> I, Goat's I, milk. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, when when I reread that, I literally just envision, have you ever seen the videos of people putting frozen turkeys in like those little like, uh, fr- uh, like fryer? fryers? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think of that. <laughs> like I think of like someone's like putting it, like walking over and putting a young goat in a mother milk and it's like, no, yeah. and it's like, boom. And the whole garage catches on yeah, fire. And it just yeah. like blows up. That's kind of what I think about. Um, and so, which I don't think is right, but it's just that that's what I envision when I see that because it's like such, such, it feels like such an arbitrary kind of command. But um, I talked about it earlier about kind of cultural context. And so, um, why this command is in here is actually significant because God is really going through um, harvesting. So, He's going through the whole process of harvesting, uh, reaping uh, the three festivals. We have Passover, which is the unleavened bread. In a bib, which still, when I read that month, I think about as kids, I'm like, you know, they've got a bib, you know, they all like wear a bib during the month. Um, and so, but yeah, but that's also, that's, that's when we celebrate Easter. So that's right around the March, huh. April time. And then the feast of the harvest would be Pentecost. And then the feast of the in gathering, I think is, is the fest, is that, is that the booths or is that the shelters? Is that shelters? No, I can't remember which one that one is, I but, say it's the booths, but. but that's the one that's at the end of the year. Um, and so all of this has to do with harvest. Like it has to do with the beginning of the harvest when you get your first fruits and then the end of the harvest. Yeah. Um, and so these are all kind of commands that are, that God is giving and that the males need to present themselves in this time. So why the whole young goat and the mother's milk? Well, there was a pagan practice in Canaan mm-hmm. where they would do that as a, as a sign of fertility, especially for like the land. So they would boil a young goat at its mother's milk and then they would kind of, I don't know if they would sprinkle the ashes or do something to where it would kind of spread. They would try to spread it around their crops so that that would be a process of, of receiving like the fertility of the crops. Hmm. And like so, yeah, 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 yeah. And so this is like a, this is, this was a pagan practice. So God is putting that distinction in there to say, this is your kind of operating procedure when it comes to harvesting, how to worship me through harvest, but know that I'm the provider of this. And that's part of like, that's part of the Sabbath part of it, of leaving it fallow for a year and not yeah. working on. Was it the Shemitah? The, um, I don't know which one that one's called because it's not Jubilee because that's the one that's the end of the 70 years. But the, uh, but yeah, so leaving, uh, harvesting for six years and leaving it fallow for a year. And the same thing with working for six days and having the seventh day of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, really a lot of that is about trusting God to provide, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so and it ends with the same thing, trusting God to provide, not going through pagan rituals or routines to just try to 
uh, bring fertility to your crops. Yeah. Well, that one, honestly, I know you said it, it seems kind of, uh, whatever the word was, like unimportant. Mm. That's the only one for me that like, when I hear it, it creates like a visceral, rea- visceral reaction inside of me. What one? The the mother's boiling milk. the baby goats and yeah. its mother's milk. That just seems like there's perversion there to me. Like yeah. it seems like what's supposed to be used to nourish and give life to this right. thing. Instead, you're using it to kill it and cook it in. There's just something about that that every time that I read that or hear that, I'm like, Ugh, yep. that just feels yeah. wrong. You don't do that. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you just take this chapter at face value, it really doesn't mean a lot. Because it's an Old Testament context of laws that we can't relate to. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, Even as far to say the Sabbath. Um, I just read an article where they said uh, one of the biggest problems in America and in our society is hurry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't rest anymore. Yeah. We've gotten away from that commandment. So hopefully reading this uh, today will will just be a good reminder for us all to operate from a place of rest. But I think of uh, all three of us and, and, and people who are joining us online, most, most of us are parents. Mm-hmm. And our responsibility as a parent is to develop a home and a culture within that home for what? For a purpose for our children to grow into mature, healthy adults. Mm-hmm. Then to raise a family on their own. That's exactly what God is doing with the nation of Israel. Yeah. He's building a culture. He's building expectations and even laws for them to learn to grow through. But the, the long-term or the end game objective is for them to eventually grow into mature followers of his son, Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think about all the different laws and the rules that I place on my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably, when they're a teen, I'm probably going to have a curfew. And wherever they go, I want them to call me and let them let me know they're safe. Mm-hmm. But when Joseph turns 22 and he goes off on his own and gets married, am I going to still have him call me? Every time he gets somewhere, hopefully, you can try. Am, yeah, am I going to say, <laughs> yeah. Joseph, you need to be home? What if he's and, living in your basement? Yeah, well, let's not go there. <laughs> Shout out, but to anyways. <laughs> so I just think we. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even listen sorry, to the that's podcast. That's a personal. That's a sorry. That's like an inside joke. <laughs> that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. All right, I totally derailed that. So, so, anyways, anyways, so you said. So oh, it's, it's, have it's, Joseph if, if we look at this in the perspective of the ultimate heavenly Father trying to build a culture, but build expectations. And to your point, Daniel, to really share his heavenly design of how things were created and how we are to function. Um, Things start to go into place, even though we can't understand uh, a mother goat and and boiling milk and all the different sacrifices and all the different feasts. Mm -hmm. We still, even in our culture, in our day, we still go through different feasts and different celebrations and different seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we can really relate more than we think to Exodus 23. I think so too. And it's funny, I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but there's there's a song on the new Kanye West album called Closed on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first time I heard it, I was like, this is not, I didn't like it at first. Because it's, it's like, it's about Chick-fil-A. It's right? closed on Sunday. You're yeah. my Chick-fil-A. Like, it's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. But it's actually about 
the Sabbath and rest and about raising your family up in the right ways. He says, you know, for your for your daughters, watch out for vipers um, and your sons, raise them up in the faith. Closed on Sunday, like take this Sabbath, take this time with your family and do the right things and prioritize the right things. So it's so funny as you're talking about that. It was like everywhere you went with that is like touched on in that song. <laughs> so I might, <laughs> yep, I might have to play oh, that at that the part. end of the, uh, the podcast this week. Oh, for you guys. gosh. Um, so I think uh, also one thing that, that stuck out to me when I was looking at this is that it feels like sometimes laws are arbitrary, right? And it's like that with parents and kids, like, you know, your kids are like, why are you making me do this? Why are you not letting me play with knives? Like, you know, why? (laughs) Uh, but I mean, we'll, we'll start to get to this point where we'll start to think we'll see these laws and we don't understand not, not only like heart intent behind it. Right. And so that God is, is he's. He's building this for relationship, not for rules and not mm. for laws. And I think that's really important for us to understand because we see there's going to be like 600 plus laws that he's yeah. going to give to the yeah. to the Israelites. And they might think like, man, like this is just like overwhelming. And sometimes we can take those laws and, and manipulate them like the Pharisees did. So yeah. an interesting thing is like, so this, you shouldn't boil a young goat in its mother's milk. This is like some uh, rabbis interpreted that as like, you shouldn't eat cheeseburgers. Yeah. Like, because there's milk and then there's the burger and you shouldn't eat, you know, uh, I guess a young calf in its yeah. mother's milk. Somebody that wanted to could f- twist that, I'm sure. And, yeah. and so what they're doing, though, and I when I when I th- when I see that is that they are missing the point. Right. Mm-hmm. They're missing the heart behind what God is yeah. doing. That is that God is not doing that so that he can prevent us from eating cheeseburgers. Because, like, let's be honest, like cheeseburgers are a gift from the Lord. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> shout out to Sarah again. Um, yeah. but anyways, yeah. Uh, but it's, I think it's really important for us to know that like, like the, the laws in itself are there so that it's, it's like a protection. So they don't assimilate with the culture. Um, and even so like they protect like social justice, like the first like nine verses is all about like, like, like you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't like show favoritism to the rich. You shouldn't show, you know, you shouldn't, uh, have the poor not be well represented in court, you know? Yeah. You need to bear, uh, you don't unite with evil people when it comes to like laws. When your enemy has an animal that's hurting or lost, you should serve them. You should look for them. Right. So it's like taking that feeling out and knowing that, okay, these are things that are going to supersede our situation to know that it's just, we need to treat people fairly. We need to treat people with honor. Yeah. And so mm. like you could just read all these lists and be like, okay, I can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. But right. like the heart behind that is, is, is completely different. And, and I think for us, we tend to just see all these things and we think, okay, God is just a buzzkill, right? He's just all got all of these laws that we have to follow, and this is just ridiculous. But the heart behind it is not that you follow the laws. The heart behind it is that the laws kind of work as kind of a, a guardrail to kind of allow our hearts to be changed so that we end up treating people with honor, respect. We end up treating people with social justice. You know, we don't follow in some of the 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 practices where we're trying to manipulate our situation so that we'll be blessed instead of just trusting God, you know? And so that's where we get the don't boil a, a young goat in its mother's milk is really the heart behind it is trusting God that he'll be the one that provides that you don't need to manipulate to like make your crops fertile. Yeah. And, and so that's where I think it's, it's good for us to read this with that because if not, if we're just taking this verse by verse and we're like, Oh my gosh, mm. this is just more and more just stuff. Yeah. And we begin to get this, this kind of warped picture of, of God just like I think sometimes like 
I mean, my son gets mad like when like we're telling him to do something that he really wants to do, even though like it's it's not good for him or it's yeah. not healthy. And sometimes I can't communicate the why to him. Right. You know, sometimes I just need to give him good guardrails. But I think what's also important and I think what what's really cool that what God does is that he gives us the why in Jesus. Yeah. You know, everything that the heart of the father gets ultimately revealed in Jesus. And so we see the why behind the things we And so I think when we take Jesus and then we take what he was teaching and we bring it into the context of kind of these kind of Old Testament laws, I think it can kind of give us kind of a perspective to say that God is not doing this so that he can just kind of lord over. He's doing this intentionally for that reason to to not only build a great uh, nation of that represents him, but also because he wants people to know what he's for. Mm -hmm. He's for social justice. He's for honoring others. He's for loving your enemies. Mm -hmm. You know, he's and and, but then he also says, hey, I want to I want you to know I want to provide for you. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't need to do those weird things. You don't need to, you know, boil a frozen turkey in a (laughs) bunch of oil, you know. So so anyway, so that's kind of. That, that to me kind of stuck out because I think as we're getting, because we're going to start trudging through these laws, right? And it's just going to feel like one after the other after the other. And so I, I want to try to encourage us to pull back and say, all right, there's a good why behind this. These aren't arbitrary, you mm-hmm. know? And so maybe this is an opportunity for us to explore just like, honestly, I didn't know why that was in there. Like, I didn't know why not boiling a, a, go, a young goat in its mother's milk, like you said, but there was like this sense of like perversion to it, which is already... It's kind of cool that the Holy Spirit works like that. Yeah, built in, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, why? Why is this happening? And and ask those questions and then go explore. Go explore and see kind of what what is really kind of taking place here and let that kind of inform us instead of just seeing this as face value and just say God's just got all these laws and no wonder the people couldn't do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, like the point was that the laws were there to, to hopefully shape them just like the like we put stuff in for our kids to shape them to become you know, healthy adults. We, we, you know, I don't let my kids run out in the street because I want them to be healthy adults. Right. And so that seems like that <laughs> want them to survive. Yeah, to be adults. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so like, and so it seems like that, it seems like restriction. <laughs> and that ties into Ashley Cherry Holmes comment. On oh here. my gosh. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was Wait. laughing a little earlier. She said, why can't I roll my brother across the yard in a big 55 gallon plastic drum? <laughs> Well, that's because in your mother's infinite wisdom, she knows yeah. that you could likely get hurt. At least it's not a metal drum, but yeah. <laughs> that's I awesome. bet Ashley doesn't want to be in the ER so, any look at more that. times she said that than just she happened. has been. It just, that just happened while the podcast was going on. So here's application. And, and I mean, like, so like, like so, so look at this way, and and of course, like our kids get angry at us because we're impeding on their freedoms and the things that they right. want to do, but it's for their good and benefit, Fun. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, like you said, if you're looking at a list of however many, it was six hundred and it's like six hundred and thirty-three, yeah. I think something like that, yeah. like like a ton of laws. You're not going to know every one of those off the top of your head, so you could live your life never doing anything because you're like, I'm going to break seventeen laws in the next three minutes and not even know it. Or you can just operate out of what the heart is behind the laws and also operate out of the fact that you know what's right and wrong. God built it in you that you should know what's under right and wrong. And also your parents, as they've been raising you, should be teaching you what's right and wrong. So, I mean, kind of in general, what he's saying here in these commandments is I wrote out some of them that kind of stood out to me that were separate, but kind of to generalize a little bit is do the right thing no matter what, no matter who's watching or not watching. Respect the Sabbath, so take that time and rest. Um, and take that time and also pour into your family. Um, 
do not assume that shows uh, that your agenda is justice. Look at God. So when you're referring to social justice, it's not necessarily the same thing that we see on the news all the time today. It's not people's social justice. It's God's social justice that he gives to us in these laws and in these commandments out of his infinite wisdom for about how the world's supposed to actually work. Um, uh, Shemitah is the one that I was talking about or that we were talking about with the uh, six years of harvest and then one year off to let the land rest. Mm -hmm. There's wisdom in that because if you farm, you know that once you sap the soil, sometimes you can't get the harvest and the yield that you need because the nutrients are gone Mm -hmm. and you cannot provide the way that you could provide. So there's wisdom in taking that year off to let your land rest. I know a lot of people don't do that. And especially nowadays, we have so many available commercial fertilizers and things like that. that You don't have to do that as much necessarily, Mm -hmm. but there's so much wisdom in that especially for them back then but then there's also the tithe and there's so many of these other things and and it just drives home why it's so important to keep God in our culture to keep God in our daily lives these days like to if he's not in your life to bring him back into your life because his infinite wisdom is what is going to provide you those guardrails and those guidelines for you to to live your life in the way that is best and healthiest for you even though sometimes you just want to do what you want to do and you're like all these rules suck just like with your parents, all these rules suck, but why are your parents doing that? They're not doing that to be mean. They're doing that because they love you, and they're trying to help train you in the ways that are going to make you become a productive person in the world, a productive person for his kingdom, so that you can then in turn raise up the next generation in that same way. That's good. And of course, you know, with that example too, is, you know, some people would say, well, not everything that my parents set of laws <laughs> were for my good. And that it's is true. true because we're all flawed. Yeah. We have dysfunctions and stuff. And so uh, there are situations where parents uh, set laws that are more for themselves than yeah, for. Absolutely. But, but to your point, I mean, that's, that's exactly the heart and design of God is is for our good mm-hmm. i mean he says that that in all things god works together for good for those who he loves and love him and are, co- are called according to his purposes so he he wants good for his children yeah. and so that's why he sets structure and thank god we're living in the new testament age right i mean <laughs> our laws are thank simple. goodness yeah <laughs> yes but and it's really cool to even requiring. follow the the old testament that the um to follow how those 600 some laws then were um, uh, basically condensed down, condensed down, condensed down to then Jesus who brings it down to one. Um, so I, I, it, that's cool. Yeah, that's I, cool. I think that you do get the heart behind it when Jesus says, like, you know, all the law and the prophets hang on these things. So, like, when Jesus says it's in Matthew 22, when the uh, lawyer asks him, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is in Deuteronomy. And then in Leviticus, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. I think it's Leviticus 19 or 17. And so I don't know how you do that. He says, <laughs> I just, I, the numbers, I remember the numbers. And he says, the you encyclopedia. know, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> it's honor, honor those around you, Phil. Um, so anyways, um, but yeah, that's, you, you, you see that it kind of like, if you use that as the context that informs these laws, then you see why they're there, you know, is, you know, social justice is loving people, you know, uh, even if you're somebody is in trouble and he's your enemy, you should still love the person because they have an inherent value. Even if you're in a conflict with them, love the person, right? You know, love God. So trust God. Trust God with your harvest. Trust God with your days of rest. Trust God that he's going to provide. And we're just kind of going through all of these laws. That's good. And, and so, like, you, it, it helps to, like, take those two to almost be, like, the 
the umbrella that you just read everything under and say, okay, how is this teaching me to, to love God or trust God? And how is this teaching me to love my neighbor as myself and trust that? Yeah. And then, you know, and then Jesus will then kind of expand on this and he would give us the, the new commandment in uh, John 13 where he would say, you to know the people that know that my that you're my disciples is if you love others the way that I have loved you. Yeah. Right. And so, and so that's that's our march, marching orders, right? So now th- we treat people in you know it's not the golden rule. It's kind of I've heard Andy Stanley say it's not the golden rule. This is the platinum rule. We treat others the way that Christ has treated us. So we go above and beyond when it comes to generosity, when it comes to mercy, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to serving, when it comes to loving and uh, caring for. And, and so uh, it's cool because God is, he is slowly trying to develop this culture and it takes time and it's hard because like it's hard for us. Mm-hmm. We're wired certain ways because of the environment we grow up in, because of the influences that we have on us. And so God has to renew our mind and God has to renew this people group and show them like, hey, this is what it's supposed to be like. You're not supposed to be like the people around you. And I mean, he's pretty... Uh, he's pretty severe about how the how the people are, but the people have been like this for years. Like it says before Abraham uh, left, he said that God that, that that the the sins of the Amorites and the Hittites haven't reached a certain peak. Like so, and that was like there was like five hundred something years that they had the opportunity to change their ways. Mm-hmm. And then you know, then we'll go into when the conquering of the, the Promised Land that we'll find out later on. Uh, and even God showing, like you said, Phil, at how much he cares about us, that even says, like, you're not going to take them all over in one year or else it's going to be terrible for you. So you've got to do it a little bit at a time because mm-hmm. this is why, <clears throat> you know, and and I love that because God's giving us he gives us why. So like we don't need to just kind of arbitrarily follow like robots. He'll give you the why. Mm-hmm. A lot, sometimes you just need to ask. Right. Yeah. I think the big one too that that is all the time and it it, it carries through the New Testament is idols. Um, that's a big one because yeah. why is God so focused on the idols that we worship? Is because He understands that what we worship influences. Excuse Sorry, me. I thought that was me. No, <laughs> I couldn't tell. I was <laughs> like <laughs> burp right in my chest. Um, <laughs> what, what we worship influences. Um, our identity, yeah. how we think, how we act, um, and it's everything of who we are. And what is God most concerned about? Who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's where idols impede that and really, really destroy with that kind of thinking. Yeah. Speaking of idols, Ronnie Piercy said, I thank God for bacon. So I think we got um, something to work on there. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, let's meet. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we could um, eat some bacon before we meet. <laughs> but Man, uh, what is it? Do not lead a brother into temptation or anything like that, right? <laughs> you know, um, carry the burden for them. So, Ronnie, if you if you want us to carry your burden of bacon, we I will yes, take it for you. Bring us the bacon. I will take it for you so yeah. that you don't have to go through that struggle. Uh, Jim Bailey. Uh, hi, Jim. Good to, yeah. good to see you on here. Said sheep uh, need boundaries to keep them from uh, wandering uh into predators paths yeah and yeah that's exactly right and yeah. there's always a shepherd uh watching over them as well yeah and he's hearkening back to that conversation we had about children and raising them upright um and he said on here uh before that he said the need for boundaries does not end after childhood and that's 100 percent true yeah um we're just in those in those conversations talking about it's an easy uh metaphor for, right yeah. but well, um but i think uh, i mean the kind of like the i guess authority figure 
and when you become an adult is no longer I mean you still respect and honor your parents but right. they're not the authority over you so it's yeah, almost right. like as an as a parent you want your kids to be able to discipline themselves mm-hmm. to create their own boundaries when they're adults yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's you know well when you grow to maturity out of those <laughs> boundaries um, those boundaries still are there but they're not forced on you because you're mature now you're right. living those boundaries out yeah um just like you may not go to bed at 8.30 as you used to go when you were 12. Yeah. But the boundary of getting enough rest and enough sleep mm-hmm. is still instilled. It should be anyways instilled within us through those boundaries uh, or those, those laws that were um, put on us as a kid. Yeah. And Ashley Cherry Holmes says it, it uh, reminds her of Psalm 127. So I just wanted to read that real quick. It's a short one. Um, it says... Uh, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go to uh, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills the quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. Um, but just more guidance for for parents raising up children, um, but also just guidance for people in general um, after childhood as well. I mean, you know, everything that we get from the Lord is is instruction for us for our whole lives and not just for our, our childhood or how to raise the children that we have. Um, but yeah, like I, I love you guys, by the way, I love watching these conversations take place on this uh, Facebook live that we have going on. And Ronnie said he's frying bacon right now. So we still have work to do, I guess with him, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten to the kosher laws yet, Ronnie. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I think it's, it's really good for us to kind of remind ourselves of the character and nature of God. Uh, because I think it, this has to, it's a trust thing, you yeah. know, it's a, and so you'll see that I think that at the, at the core, the Israelites don't trust God. We saw that last week when we were reading about the whole manna providing and them not following the simplest of commands because they were fearful and they didn't trust God. And, and I think that is something that we still struggle with today. I think we have a lot more, uh, we have a lot uh, areas where we can feel so much more self-sufficient because of the culture that we live in, the fact that we have grocery stores, all of these different things. Like we have so many things that point to us and, and we lose sight of our dependency on God. And um, it can be a sobering experience when that happens. And, and I, I really like the Ashley. Thank you so much for sharing uh, Psalms 127, because that's a, a scripture that's really impacted me and Lainey when it's come to our kids um, that we've kind of we've taken that principle of knowing that if unless the Lord is doing it, we're going to do it in vain. And we've brought that to our parenting. So we've said, all right, Lord, unless you're watching over and parenting our kids and raising our kids and supplying their needs, we're going to parent in vain because we are limited in our capacity to be able to do everything. We don't do it perfectly. We still need sleep. We still get lack of sleep and then respond in terrible and maybe not so good ways. And so like, those are all things that kind of reflect the weakness of our humanity. And so we have to learn 
Um, and sometimes we are either broken of this or we learn it hopefully through wisdom that we have to depend on God. We have to trust God. We have to be able to exercise that in the things that we do. Um, hence why leaving the field fallow for a year, why taking one day off is part of that. It's And, and so I, Phil mentioned it, and I really want to reiterate it, about the importance of rest and the importance of a Sabbath and the importance of implementing some sort of tangible way to walk out that trust, right? Maybe it's maybe it's through practicing generosity. Maybe for you, trusting God, like your finances are things that you have a very hard time trusting God's provision in, right? Um, and we're not... We're not doing prosperity gospel here. We're just saying that that God is literally saying that He's the one that He provides, and and so um, maybe it's maybe it's trying to be generous with what you have. Maybe it's uh, you're you have young kids and it's really hard for you to just kind of release that control over over your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that might be a part of it. Maybe it's a it's a bad work situation. You know, whatever it may be, uh, I think that would be a great uh, point of application for today is figuring out uh, where are the areas that I struggle with trust and what can I what can I begin to do that can start exemplifying that trust so where can my actions been begin to reflect that I am trusting God more in this situation um, you know whether it's whether it is something like finances whether it's a family situation whether it's young kids you know whether it's kids leaving the home whether it's a, a work situation uh, whatever you're facing there are always going to be opportunities that are you're going to face something that's out of your control, that's out of your ability or capacity to be able to influence it completely. And so you have to learn that process of releasing, of trusting God with the situation, trusting God with your with your needs. Um, and so I think that to me is just a personal challenge mm-hmm. um, and maybe a challenge that we can give you all as our listeners is, is where identifying that area that you feel like you trust, you're having trust issues. And I would say an easy way to identify that is just a place that drives you like where you worry the most, Mm. um, that you have, uh, troubling thoughts, fear, uh, a a situation that keeps you up at night. Um, these are all things, indicators of things that are, uh, that are, uh, places where you might be struggling with trust, struggling with the releasing of that to God. And then, um, and then start to think, okay, how can I begin to uh, shift that tangibly in my life? And then who can I tell about that? Because I think the important thing is that this is a nation that's going to be accountable to the commands of God. And I think if you're trying to go solo with this kind of whole walk of trusting God, you need people around you. You know, we just read in Exodus uh, seven seventeen last uh, yesterday. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um Several days ago. Um, uh, sorry, I forgot the whole Tuesday, Thursday shift in time uh, about Aaron and her holding up Moses's arms. And you need people like that. Mm-hmm. We need people like that that are holding up our arms in these in these struggling situations that are there to intercede and pray for us and support us in them. Mm. All right, you guys. Well, that's got us to about our time limit today. Uh, Phil, did you have anything else you wanted to add today? No. Okay, <laughs> I'm super chatty. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, I'll go ahead and close us up with prayer today. I do um, want to celebrate that. I just said no to I don't have anything to say, and that's really, that, really good. That is good. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right, you guys, but um, we'll it's go ahead and pray, victories. and uh, we'll get out of here. Did so, we, Brent, did you want to? Did, are you going to Okay, yeah, you got, got it. it okay, quick. Cool. Yep. Um, so, uh, 
Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you for this opportunity as always. I thank you for the chance to be here with my brothers and have a conversation about your word and dig into the richness of who you are and the things that you want us to know as your people. Um, I thank you for the fact that we have other people that are joining in the conversation now. It's so much fun, um, so fulfilling to to have more people join us in this conversation and really uh, take it to a totally different places than just the three of us would go because we know that your spirit is in everybody out there, God. And uh, if there's somebody that watching that would that chimes in, it helps take this conversation to where it's supposed to be, and it just doesn't depend on the three of us to go uh, where we want to take it. So, Father, we thank you for that. But God, um, as we move into this week and as we leave this podcast today, we just want uh, we want you to help remind us that we need to trust you, um, to trust you with all that we do for the things like the same things we've had this conversation about today. Um, Father, we want to embrace your wisdom in all that we do. Uh, we want to continue to realize that dependence on you is something that we need to have. And we need to have that because of how important it is and how much your wisdom is so much more than ours to provide us those, as Daniel said, the guardrails to keep us on the straight path. And as, as uh, Jim Bailey mentioned, to keep us away from predators, Father. Uh, we have to trust in you for those things, that even though it might be things we don't want to do, it's something that we need to do because you know better than us and we put our trust in you. Um, Father, because it, we know that you, you only have our best interests at heart. Even at times when it seems like we're in seasons of darkness, um, we're in seasons of pain, um, in these trials sometimes that we go into, Father, we have to trust in you to know that we're going through them because you are ultimately shaping us into who you want us to be because you have our own good at heart, at interest. So, Father, we thank you for that. Um, before we leave today, we want to take a chance to um, to pray for um, Christina Marie and Cassidy McMullen. Um, we weren't able to get to their prayer request last week. So, Father, we just, we ask you, we don't know uh, why they sent us the prayer request. We don't ask for a lot of details because this is an open public forum and things can be personal. But, Father, we just ask you, you know what they need in those situations. And you tell us to pray for our brothers and sisters. So, we are asking you to enter into those situations. If you're, yeah, We know that you're there already, but make yourself known. Uh, please move in the situations that they're in. And um, don't just fix things for them. But, but provide for them through it. And also, um, let them know that you're there, Father. Provide them the comfort and remind them of who you are, that you're standing there with them, holding their hand and walking through it all. So, Father, we just give those situations up to you, and, um, and we thank you, and we pray because we trust in you, and we love you in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, that wraps up yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. So, um, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode today. We thank you again for joining in the conversation. And um, we're just going to go ahead and get out of here. So uh, until we talk to you next week, go out there as always, be the light of Christ, show love to people, and we'll talk to you next time. Watch out for vipers, don't let them indoctrinate.
closed on Sunday You my Chick-fil-A You're my number one With the lemonade Raise our sons Train them in the faith Through temptations Make sure they're wide awake Follow Jesus Listen and obey No more living for the culture We nobody's slave Stand up for my home Even if I take this walk alone